0: Everybody, welcome to Take Off with John Clark, presented by NJM Insurance. And please rate and review this podcast. Subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Yeah, I know Charles Barkley. Everybody's got a podcast now, right? Even I have a hey, podcast.
1: Hey, hey, John, I have no idea what you want to talk to me about. This is I'm I'm gonna be blindsided by your questions today.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm gonna come with some blitzes at you. I'm coming from all angles.
1: Hey, I gotta tell you, something, man, obviously people know I love Philadelphia. And I live in Philadelphia during the summer if I had a dollar for every time I've been asked about Ben Simmons for the last three months, I had, I would be, I wouldn't even be a billionaire. I had like $3 billion. I mean, (laughs) every little old lady, every old man, every kid. I mean, it's been, it's been fascinating because my answer to the question is, I don't know. I I mean, you know, like you think we're going to trade Ben. I don't know. You think Ben's going to show up. I don't know. And now we know that answer, but we don't know anything else. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
0: You're right. And look, I appreciate you doing this. I didn't even need to ask a question about Ben Simmons. You knew what was coming. Uh, first of all, I just want to say I appreciate this because I know you're busy. You got more commercials than Shaq. Uh,
1: no, no, no. First of all, that's total BS. No person in the history of civilization ever has had more commercials than Shaq. Okay, let's get that out the way. This guy would do a commercial for anything. I love working with the big fella, but the only thing that sucks about working with Shaq, every commercial's him. <laughs> like, <laughs> Every time we go to a commercial, it's him. We're like, yo, man. He says, you know, Chuck, I, uh, I need to make that money. I got like eight kids. I need to make that money. I got tuition to pay. But, you know, he to work with But, man, he nobody, hey, I'm going to be offended if you say I got more commercials than Shaq.
0: Well, I'm seeing commercials now. I don't even see you, but I hear you. I'm just hearing the voice off.
1: Yeah, you know, that was a really interesting thing because my agent calls me. He says, hey, how, how big is your ego? I said, well, everybody's got an ego. What's going on? He says... Well, they got Tom Brady and Serena and Steph Curry in a commercial, and so Subway wants you to do the voiceover. I says, Is the check going to clear? He says, Yeah, you're going to get a big old check. I said, Dude, I ain't got no ego. I says, Listen, I'm not, uh, I'm smart enough to know, hey, listen, I've had a great success as a basketball player, but I'm not on a level with Tom Brady, Serena, and Steph Curry. They're on a whole nother level. And if they're going to pay me to talk about them, hey, sign me up.
0: I'm telling
1: you you're up there though. Yeah. You're up there. Hey, we hey John, I've had a good run, brother. You know, it, it's amazing, you know, I think about it all the time, uh, coming to Philadelphia in 1984, 85 as a chubby kid out of Auburn and I've been there, you know, now 36, 37, 36 years. It's been crazy. Uh but I love Philly. You know, we talk about off the air, we're talking about Jimmy Lanham and Fran Dunphy, who I played golf with. I bumped into Bo Kimball out there. You know, the Sixers have a great dinner every year with all the old Sixers. and all. if you play for the Sixers, the coach for the Sixers, it's probably one of the highlights of my summer, to be honest with you. We all get together and just tell Sixers stories. And it's probably like it's, it, I tell people, it's like the highlight of my summer. And I'm sure the food is good. Oh, we have it at Mordens out in King of Pressure, but no, the food is not near The food is always great at that. I go to that Mordens a lot, but man, the stories, because you got Billy Cunningham, shout out to Billy Cunningham. He's getting better. You got Harold Katz who hosted dinner. Uh, you got Gerald Hennings. You got Maurice Cheeks. You know, they're telling Wilt Chamberlain stories. You know, they're telling Dr. J. Moses stories and I'm telling my uh, Rick Mahorn and Jaminsky stories. So, when the old guys and the young guys start telling stories, we're just laughing our ass off about three hours. I mean, because like I can say, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I got Moses and Doc near the end of their career. And Maurice is telling stories about Andrew Tony and guys, Caldwell Jones. And I'm telling stories about Jaminski Mahorn, Ben Coleman. Oh, one one of my favorite teammates ever, ever Derek Smith. And we and I love Jimmy Lyon, man. He Jimmy Lyon, Billy Cunningham was a great, great coach for me. I needed him because I was lazy and fat and immature. Uh so he was great for me. But uh, man, Jimmy Lyon was probably, he was probably my favorite coach. He always said Charles is Charles. Yeah. <laughs> Charles hey, is Charles. hey, and he always wants to run up on you like he can actually beat you in something. You know, and, <laughs> and uh it, so so that it makes it special. I mean. I really look forward to it uh, every year.
0: Well, when you're 80, you're going to have Joel Embiid joining you at those dinners, and he's going to be telling some Ben Simmons stories. So, so, so Charles, Ben Simmons, I mean, did you think that he would report like this? Do you think it's because of the money? He didn't want to lose any more of those preseason game checks? Well,
1: that's a great question. I don't know the answer. You know, I'm disappointed in Ben Simmons, uh, first and foremost, because – your, your team and your teammates have the right to ask you to get better as a, as a basketball player. You know, I remember my first year when I wasn't getting to play and I called Moses, well, I asked him at practice, can I come? Moses lived in the penthouse at the same building I lived in. And I said, Moses, can I come talk to you later? He said, sure, sure young fellow." And I said, Moses, why am I not getting to play? He says, you fat and you lazy. Well, I did like any young kid would do. I cried. Then i like, okay. He says, Charles, you're too fat. You weigh close to 300 pounds. You can't play at 300 pounds in the NBA. And he said, you got to lose a lot of weight to be successful. You got a lot of talent, but you can't work hard enough. You can't sustain it. I'm like, okay. So I use this similar situation. It's the same thing. Mo just got me to lose 50 pounds and the rest is history. So in this think- situation...
0: I'm hearing Danny Green the other day at practice. He says, look, we're not asking Ben to come in here and shoot jump shots. He can just do
1: what he used to do.
0: I'm thinking like, wow. It's no, like a and,
1: that's, and John, that's part of the problem uh, because, uh, and I blame it goes back to Brett Brown and Doc Rivers has something to do with it also because, you know, John, how long have we been talking about this? I mean, people act like it came to a head last year in the playoffs, but I think we've been talking about Ben Simmons' inability to shoot for like four years now. And he already got one coach fired. And then last year, we had to stick on quite a bit. And Doc Rivers, who I like as a person, always defended Ben. He's like, you want me to bitch Ben Simmons? You want me to take Ben Simmons out of the game? Yes, we do, Doc. If he's not going to shoot the basketball, it's five on four. If you're going to have five, four guys against five, listen, John, I'm not going to act like I went to class a lot. I didn't go to class a lot, but I know four guys are not going to beat five ever. <laughs> listen, if a fight breaks out, there's four of you guys and other people got five, no, nah, you're probably going to lose. So Doc has got to say, no, man, we need you to shoot the basketball. We need you to – You can't like, you can't get on TV and say, you guys want me to bench Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons does all this other stuff. Yeah, he does a lot of other good stuff, but he's going to have to shoot the basketball to keep the defenses honest. So the Sixers deserve a lot of blame, but the ultimate blame comes down to Ben. Ben, we need you to get better as a basketball player. We need you to at least keep the defense on and shoot the basketball – We can't have you afraid to shoot free throws. That's not a lot to ask. That's why I'm just like, if I had to say to Moses, no, man, I'm not fat and lazy. I want to probably eat my way out to NBA and for the money they're paying Ben Simmons, which matters. We owe you $150, $60 million for the next five or six years. We have the ability and the right to ask you to get better as a basketball player. But your first response was No. I'm going to take my batting ball and go home. That's not good. That's why I'm disappointed in Ben. But like I say, the Sixers deserve some blame because this goes back to Brett Brown. They, Brett Brown did not hold him accountable, and he got fired. So the next coach and the organization should have been saying, hey, Ben, you've already got one coach fired. you got to get better as a basketball player because every year in the playoffs when we start playing the good teams, they're going to force you to shoot the basketball. It's not going to matter against Orlando and Sacramento in game six and 36 and 52. But when we played the Milwaukee Bucks, the Brooklyn Nets sh- sh- at Chicago made a great improvement this summer. The Miami Heat got better. We're not going to beat the elite teams if you're afraid to shoot the basketball, plain and simple.
0: So, so Ben has showed up, but we don't know if he is actually going to play, I mean, there's different scenarios. He could practice and then he could say he's injured. Uh, what do you think's going to happen? Do you think he will actually suit up and play for the Sixers?
1: Well, that's a great question, but I, I can't give you a great answer because I got zero idea. You know, it's kind of fascinating because as, I, as, I'm, as I, I look at it like this, okay, you know, you've broken up with a girl before, and you're like, you know what, let's get back together because you, you have some issues, but you break up with a girl, but you really like her, but, you know, okay, let me see if we can work through these issues. Well, the issues are going everything's going to be great until those issues come up again. And there's two problems with the Sixers. Uh, number one, we ain't going to know how this thing going to end until the playoffs next year. It, it doesn't matter what the Sixers do during the regular season. It don't matter at all. But if they get back in the playoffs deep next year and he refused to shoot the basketball, it's another wasted year. So it, it's kind of watching like you, you watch those, those stupid housewives, which I don't, I'm just making fun of those stupid housewives show you that like you don't know what's going to happen from one episode to the next. I don't think anybody has any idea what's going to happen with this Ben Simmons situation. Now, the Sixers do have a huge advantage. They're around this guy every day. You've been around this guy for five or six years. You should know what type of person he is. Uh, so they know him better than anybody. But it, it, it they're going to have to make a decision. Like, we're either going to ride this thing out or, let's hey, dude, let's just make the best trade possible and move on. But the problem with that is we won't know how this thing going to work until next June. Can the Sixers –
0: have Ben Simmons on their team going into the playoffs this coming season?
1: Well, like I say, John, it depends on if he's going to shoot the basketball. You can't have four against five. Like I say, that, 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 everybody knows that. Like, you can't have a guy just standing in the corner who's two things. Number one, he's afraid to shoot, and he can't make free throws. I'll give you another uh, uh, an example. That boy in Milwaukee, Giannis he can't shoot free throws, but does he stop shooting? Hell no. I love everything about that kid. He can't make a free throw, but does he, does he go hide in the corner? Does he stop being aggressive? That's the biggest difference between Giannis and Ben. Well, Ben's not on Giannis's level. Let's don't get that. Don't get that twisted. But and listen, and I've said this before. I don't think that people in Philadelphia are mad at Ben because he can't sh- shoot. I think they're mad because he won't shoot. I think they're like, yo, man, one thing I know about Philadelphia, if you're tough in Philly, they're going to love you. If you play hard, they're going to love you. But when you got a guy who's afraid to shoot the basketball, they're not going to stand for that. Now, so- I'm glad you asked me that question. I, I, cause I, I probably left some out about you when you asked me about Ben. Is he going to be here? I don't know how the fans are going to react to Ben. Because if we go into game one and he don't shoot the ball and we start losing, you know, you know how Philly works. So that's what I don't know. I don't think anybody knows that. I don't think you know it. I know it. The Sixers know it. I don't even know how to – and actually, in fairness, I think the fans, if Ben comes out, I I think they might give him a chance and cheer for him. But if he comes out and won't shoot and they start losing, they're going to turn on him quickly. So, man, I don't think – this is going to be a fascinating thing to watch because I don't think anybody got any idea. And and this is one of the weirdest situations in my 36 years in the NBA – I have no idea if Ben going to play. I don't know if they're going to trade him between now and next week. I have zero idea how the fans – are the fans going to be supportive? Or a supporter? Are they going to boo him from day one? I mean, so this thing is going to be a great reality show watch.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because you bring up so many interesting things there because we saw when Jimmy Butler didn't want to be in Minnesota anymore, what did he do? He came in and just terrorized the team. He brought the ruckus and was chewing out all the guys and practicing all that. Do you think that Ben would have that in him, or do you think he's going to come in and he's basically going to get with the guys? Because here's the one thing that concerns me, Charles. He reported, and at least for several days after that, his teammates said they still hadn't talked to him. I would think he would want to talk to his teammates.
1: That's, That's the thing. We just don't know, John. I mean, he clearly... He clearly doesn't want to be here, uh, be there, and if he's not going to talk to his teammates, it's not going to work right away. The stick is going to have to make the best deal possible. I mean, if you like, there's guys I played with I didn't like. I still spoke to them because that's the only way a team can work. I mean, I always tell people, and listen, I've been in this thing for 36 years. There's teammates you like and don't like on every team, but you have a responsibility like, okay, we're practicing together. We're playing together. Now, we're not going to go out and have dinner, but if I bump into you on the plane, on the train, or on the bus, I'm going to say hello. And if we see each other, like, that's just the way a team works. That don't mean you have to like each other. But if these guys are already not speaking, uh, that's a red flag to me.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing you said, it at the heart of this, he doesn't want to be here anymore. And after the season, his agent said, hey, it's better for him to be traded. He wanted to be traded. He told him in a meeting. So if at the core of this, he doesn't want to be any here anymore, he's only showing up so he doesn't get fines. So he doesn't lose mm-hmm. more money. And he's waiting for a trade. Are you getting 100% of Ben Simmons?
1: No, you can't get 100%. Because if your heart's not in it, you're never going to give 110%. I don't even know how, I always wonder how they came up with 110%. It should stop at 100 uh, But you know, if you're not all the way in, you're not, it's not going to work, plain and simple. Now, I did not know they weren't speaking. You know, the reports I've seen with a coach in a gym saying uh, they had a couple of good conversations. So I'm like, oh, okay, things, maybe, maybe there's a chance this thing is eligible. But like now you're telling me his teammates ain't spoke to him. To me, if I'm the Sixers, that's a serious red flag.
0: Yeah, that's what, the, that's what they literally said. Like they said, we haven't seen him for these days that he's been here. As of a few days ago, they were like, we haven't seen him. We haven't talked to him. To me, that's concerning because I would think if he is here and invested, the number one thing, not the fans or anybody else, it's your teammates that you got to talk to.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a red flag to me. And uh, I'd be very concerned if, if those reports are true. Yeah, I'd be very concerned.
0: So, so you said it about the fans. I mean, honestly, sitting there in game seven, Charles, yeah. and you guys were watching from Atlanta, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look,
0: the fans were cheering him on, trying to get him going with the free throws. But, but once he started missing a lot of them, he missed 10 in that game five. Yeah. It was Charles, you could feel the tension. You just felt the tension in the building and an uncomfortableness and a gasp. So well, when that happens again, how so much does that it
1: build on him? Well, it's going to build on him a lot. That's the that's the thing. I told you, I know Philly well enough that they could come out supporting him in game one. But if he won't shoot and he still missing free throws, they're going to turn. So I, I hate to say it, it's going to be a wait and see scenario. And it could get ugly quick or it could get great quick. But I don't think anybody knows. Ben don't even know. You know, Doc Rivers don't know. Elton Brand and Daryl Murray don't know. So I think this is, I I told you, I've been in the NBA for 36 years. I got no idea how this thing going to turn out. I mean, because nobody knows. I mean, I'm shocked that you just said he's not talking to his teammates. How in the world can you be at practice on buses and trains and planes with guys and not speak to them? I mean, the coaches have to notice that because you can't win like that.
0: Yeah, the first, the first week here, he has been in that testing protocol, so he's doing individual workouts. But to me, I'm thinking like I would go – I don't know if it's an apology, but I would go explain to these guys, talk to them. And that's my question to you. If Ben Simmons were to hold a press conference and come out and say, you know what, I really do think it's best for me to be traded. Uh, I, I, it was in my head. Uh, last year and I apologized. I didn't perform up to the way I should be. Uh, So if he, if he kind of comes out and kind of opens up a little bit, I do think the fans will support him. But do you think he would
1: do that if he doesn't want to be here and his main goal is to just be traded? Well, his first apology should be to his teammates. Uh, Like the fans, but your teammates are more important than your fans. No disrespect to the fans. I think he should apologize to his teammates and say, yeah, or, or, but like I say, if you don't want to be there, just say that. Do it privately. Go to uh, Elton and Daryl and say, hey, guys, I'm here so I don't lose money. I don't want to be here. That, to me, uh, that's a private conversation because the reason it's a private conversation, if you go public with that, they're going to start booing his ass from <laughs> the zero zero in game one. I mean, so it's like I say, this is a very interesting, tricky situation, but I've always think he the first thing he should have did on day one is whenever he gets back around his teammates, it's like, hey, guys, I overreacted to a couple of things you guys said. I should want to get better as a basketball player. I take full responsibility for not playing well in the playoffs. I take full responsibility for not playing well in the playoffs. I'm going to get better as a player. Let's go. That would be the way I would handle it personally.
0: Now, how about you? If you're Joel Embiid and the reports were leaked out when Ben was trying to get traded or his agent was trying to get him traded, and the reports leaked out that it's the feeling of Ben Simmons and his camp that the time with Joel Embiid has run its course, and Joel is not best for Ben's future.
1: How would you feel if you're Joel Embiid, and how would you deal with the situation? Well, listen, this is about Ben Simmons. This has nothing to do with Joel Embiid. You can pass the buck. Uh, Joel played great last year. I mean, if he had played enough games, he might have been the MVP. So he held up his end of the bargain. He's got to cut down on his turnovers for sure, but. I think Joel played great last year. You know, me and Shaq have been hard on him the last few years for shooting too many jumpers and not just dominating in the post where, number one, you're going to score, get fouled, or get a good shot, or you're going to get somebody up in a wide-open three. So Joel has held up his end of the bargain. And listen, this is all about Ben Simmons. John, when you screw up, you don't get to blame other people. You have to say, hey, I screwed up. Like, it's easy for me to say, well, you know, me and Joel can't play. No, Ben, this is about you. It's about you, us. You're supposed to be our second best player. You won't shoot the ball. You can't make a free throw. You don't get to say, my time with Joel Embiid or Tobias Harris or Shake Milton. No, man, you got to get better as a basketball player. You don't get to deflect. I mean, uh, I don't believe in deflection. Well, look, do you think that this relationship
0: is basically like, hey, we're gonna get divorced, but we're kind of just living together now, maybe for the best of the kids, whatever. Is this kind of the thing where they're just trying to make sure this goes okay for a little while and then the Sixers finally pull the trigger when maybe another team has a disgruntled star, maybe a Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal? Well,
1: that's a great question. And I don't know the answer to that question because nobody does. Like I say, the only people who know the answer to this is Ben, Doc Rivers, Elton, and Daryl because they're with y'all. They're there every day. Like nobody's going to get on TV and say bad things right now because it's a very, like, the Sixers, if they train Ben, they want to make him as attractive as possible. Ben's going to want to say all the right things. So he looks attractive to other teams. So, but the guys who are there every day going like, this dude is just going through the motions. He don't want to be here. He's not talking to his teammates. Only the Sixers can answer those questions. But you have to blame a lot of this on the Sixers. This has been going on for three or four years now. They haven't addressed it. They got got Brett Brown fired. They bought in a a, a a Doc Rivers, and we're still in the exact same place. And that's the problem. You can't – you get to blame the coach the first time. You don't get to keep blaming the coach. Like now the players got to take responsibility. Like, wait a minute. Oh, y'all, we, we threw Brett Brown under the bus. Brett Brown protected us, gave us everything we wanted. We got him fired. Now we bring in Doc Rivers and like, oh, maybe it is us. So we're going to learn to answer this question together.
0: And how about this? After the season ended, Doc Rivers said, we got ourselves a free throw coach and a shooting coach for Ben. We're going to get him in the gym. We've got a plan. Well, that never happened. So now you're going into a season and you didn't even get to correct those things that were the reason why you didn't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: Well, that don't even matter to me, John, because – you know, I've seen the tape of Ben Simmons shooting free throws to jumpers for the last, like, four years. <laughs> so, listen, that's the one thing that makes me laugh about this whole scenario. People act like this thing just happened in game five, six, and seven against Atlanta. I'm like, no, nah, man. We've been talking about this same stuff for, like, four years. It came to a head because got because it's been getting worse. It's been getting worse. But I'm not falling for, yo, man, you see Ben Simmons shooting threes and free throws over the summer. I'm like, yeah, I said that I saw those same, I saw those same tapes like four years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe. Like, hey, no, no, no. I'm not hey. I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe like four years in a row. Some insurance
0: companies use jingles and mascots, but not NJM. When you're up front with your customers, you don't need gimmicks. NJM, no jingles or mascots, just great insurance.
1: Get a quote today at njm.com. Oh man, the Eagles just traded uh Zach Ertz to the Cardinals. Just now? I just got a blurb on my phone. I, I get Wow, breaking news. Hold on, let me see. Oh, that- dude. Dude, I get hey, I got secret service clearance on sports stuff, John. Zach oh. Ertz traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, my goodness. You, you beat me to it. Really. Hey, my two favorite teams swapped a really good player. Uh-oh. Hey,
0: here we go. Okay, so pro bowler Zach Gertz in exchange for cornerback
1: Tate Gowan and a fifth-round pick. Look at you breaking news. Oh, my goodness. Hey, listen, we going for it, man. My boy, you know, I'm good friends with Steve Kime, the general manager of the Cardinals. Man. He probably, you know what? He probably can't play Sunday against the Browns. You know what? That's a great pickup, and it's going to be great for Zach because, you know, we're going to win now. Obviously, the Eagles are in a rebuilding mode, so at least he get to finish up his career playing on a good team. So that could be good for both teams. So uh, I'm excited.
0: You're my new Adam Schefter. I get my news. I'll say
1: so. I'm going to send my stuff to you, and you can correct it for me too. <laughs> Sources, Charles. Hey 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 hey, 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 John. You know what's so funny? My friends been joking with me the last week. I'm the only person in the world who's never sent an email. Uh, I don't know how you're to send e- uh, No, so no, so I've never sent an email. I've never tweeted. Uh, I've never. I was, hey, this is a couple. Of, I've never done Facebook. You know, so my friends are like, "Yo, man, you ahead of the curve." I said, yo, man, I ain't never sent an email. I ain't never tweeted. You know, so I ain't worried. I said, I do it the old-fashioned way, John. I talk bad about people behind their back, you know? <laughs> and no evidence. I tell people, I said, yo, man, if you're going to talk about people, don't put it in an email. Don't tweet about it or anything, because I don't ever, I do not do any social media. I said, if I talk bad about people, I do it the old-fashioned way. I do it behind their back. No receipts. <laughs> You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American
0: Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, uh, Charles, that's awesome you broke that news. Let me ask you, if you're Daryl Morey, would you trade Ben
1: Simmons for Kyrie Irving? No. Too much unknown. Now, if I could get C.J. McCollum, Dame Lillard, Bradley Beal, yes, i do those deals. Kyrie too much, too much of a head case for me uh, because now because you're probably going to have to give Kyrie like 200 and some million. dollars, And you think he's got some issues now. Wait till he get that $200 million. So I would not do that. But like I say, I don't know how it's going to work with Dame Lillard, but if I could get – first of all, and I'm saying this, and I'm not just saying this to you now, if I get C.J. McCollum or Bradley Beal, I think my team is better already. I truly do.
0: But but I think
1: I mean I think Daryl Morey's looking for
0: somebody bigger than that. So so even if Kyrie has this Those both of those
1: guys are all-star terrific players who would fit would fit with like you're going to have to guard those guys. I mean sometimes less is better, John. Like I I truly believe. It. Hey Ben Simmons is a very good player. And you know what thing that's really really funny? I, I, I took them heat in Philadelphia like probably four or five years ago talking about Ben Simmons. I said, Ben Simmons can be a good player. He can never be a great player if he can't learn to shoot. And people are like, well, Ben's making an all-star team. I says, yeah, he is. I said, there's a lot of good players who make the all-star team. I said, but he, no guy can be a great player who can't shoot. Uh, that just doesn't make zero sense whatsoever, especially your point guard who has the ball. You know, point guard is like uh, a quarterback. They have the ball most of the time. They, they, they're, they're so, I said, but if a, guy, if, if a guy's going to be your second best player and he can't shoot the ball, he can be an all star. He can be a good player, which Ben is. But he can't never be a great player. Uh, and it's all coming now. Now people calling me like, "Yeah, you were right." Like five years ago, I said, "Yeah, I told y'all." Like five years ago, a guy who's afraid to shoot the ball, he's a liability. And like I say, one thing that people don't understand about sports now, I tell them, I says, your liabilities don't show until the playoffs. They don't show up in game six at Sacramento or game 70 against the Atlanta Hawks and the Orlando Magic. But when you play against the elite teams and the elite coaches, they're going to say, wait, this guy won't shoot it. We're doubling Joel. We're going to stick closer to bias. And you have to, we, we're very good coaches in the NBA. The good coach is going to make your applause show. So, so you've got this window with Joel Embiid to be healthy
0: and in his prime and in the shape that he's in. Do you say to yourself, we cannot win a championship with Ben having that deficiency. And so at some point here this year, we're going to have to make a deal because that roadblock is coming in the playoffs with Ben's
1: deficiency. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair question. Uh, that's a very fair question. Like the Sixers got a window here, uh, and Ben's part of the window, but if he's not going to shoot the ball and he can't make free throws, you're not going to win plain and simple, John. So they can't win a championship with Ben right now, the way he is. No, they can't. I mean, so that John, they haven't even came close. I mean. The thing that bothers me about the whole Simmons thing, he's regressing. Yeah. I don't remember. I remember the, the Toronto loss. I don't remember being being that bad and afraid to shoot free throws. Like he was balls, they, Charles, they gave, they gave Jimmy Butler the ball in that series. I know, but I'm yeah. saying – Ben has regressed. That's what disturbs me the most about this situation. Like, he, he would, I don't remember him being as bad at shooting free throws. And I don't remember him hiding out in the corner. Now, you can say they gave the ball to Joel and Jimmy Butler, but like, I don't remember him being afraid as he is now. So he has regressed the last few years. That's what disturbed me. Like, normally you see a player getting better. At his deficiencies, Ben is regressing. I mean, I felt bad for him against the Atlanta Hawks. Like, when you show those stats where he went in a seven game series, he went to last four, last four, fourth quarters where he didn't score a basket. That's pretty much impossible for a guy who's an all star player. That's impossible. This is your second best player who's an all-star. The chance that an all-star can go four quarters without scoring. and, and, And I mean, that's like, I never even heard of a stat like that before. Yeah, it's wild. So, so like you see Anthony Davis,
0: you see James Harden, these other guys that wanted out, Jimmy Butler. Have you ever really seen a guy who has regressed and has a big deficiency and disappeared in a way want out I, so it's usually a guy who's, who's like wanting a trade from strength like hey i'm too good for this situation in this team yeah. have you ever seen something like this
1: no uh, this is a very unique situation uh i i was totally like i like i say i was more disciplined like first of all the Sixers deserve a lot of blame for letting this team linger for years i told people they've all We've been talking about this a lot of years now. We've already fired a coach. Now we got a new coach. Now we're still blaming the coaches. Uh, So the Sixers deserve some blame for letting this thing linger. But Ben Simmons deserves most of the blame because, number one, if somebody's going to pay me $40 million, John, I'd do anything to get better. (laughs) I say, yo, man, the most money I ever made, knock on wood, was $5 million, and I was great. I was proud to make that. And they was like, hey, we're going to give you $40 million. All you got to do is get better at basketball. Hey, can I get that job? Like, I want that job. I mean, no. Uh, so I'm more disappointed in being, for not just saying, hey, you guys, you know what? I let you down. I got to get better as a basketball player. That's the proper way to handle this situation instead of saying, no, I want to take my and ball and go home because I don't want the coach or other players on the team saying, anything about me yeah that's interesting and i got a couple
0: of final questions for you how about sure. Kyrie irving because you talk about the money he's basically putting aside his salary and then the possible no he's
1: not no he's not, he's not- first of all first of all everybody should get vaccinated number one let's get that out of the way uh Kyrie irving is gonna make 17 million dollars for sitting at home uh so he's kind of getting his cake and eat it too you know he's uh, he's gonna get paid for the road game. I mean the team. I'm glad the team laid down the law and says, no, we can't have you playing half the games." But he's still gonna make $17 million, which is a travesty and a disgrace. You know, John. I, listen. I, I I want. I think everybody should get vaccinated, uh, and, and and I'm a big proponent of that. And you know, there's a lot of people out here who have lost their lives. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their businesses. And they would kill to get the vaccine just to keep their lives above, above their livelihoods, their restaurants, their businesses. And they're never going to get those back. And for him to be selfish and like, well, I'm still going to make 17 million sitting at home. Uh, I just don't think that's right. I don't think that's fair, period. Do you think if he was
0: not making any of his salary for this, that he would get the vaccine in play?
1: Yes. Yes. But like I say, I, I just think it's a loophole in the system. He's going to get half of his salary which $17 million. Hey, sitting home making $17 million. Uh, I I don't think that's right, but he's going to get half his salary and sit at home. So, uh, and so uh, I'm just disappointed uh, because number one, when you're on a team, you have to make sacrifices. I mean, you do, you have to make sacrifices. And to me, getting a vaccine is a no brainer sacrifice. I agree. Uh,
0: hey, hey, Charles, uh, we got NBA is back this coming week. TNT, you got a 75th year anniversary. It is awesome to see you and Shaq and Kenny and Ernie back. Best. Show in the history of sports television. Congrats to you guys! Uh, and one of the great things that I love to watch is who he play for.
1: <laughs> well, so, you know, it's so, it's so funny. Number one, thanks for the kind words. You know, man, I'm so lucky. Uh, you know, we got a great group. I us for. We got so many people behind the scenes. You know, you know, John, we just figured out that okay, we're on television, and most people don't even know this You know, we're on TV for six hours a night. We're on from eight to two in the morning. And we hope the games are great. That's the perfect scenario. But let me tell you something. When we get crap games, those six hours seem like 12 hours. <laughs> so we always hope for good games. The only time we feel stressed out is when we get when we get one crap game, it's all right. But when we get two crap games, but like how can we make people at home laugh and have a good time? So That's the only thing we have to worry about. In a perfect scenario, we'll get two narrow biters. But, man, let me tell you something. Those six hours seem like 12 to 15 when you get the Sacramento Kings against the Orlando Magic. And, you know, in the second game, I'm trying to think, two bad teams, when you get the Houston Rockets – uh, against another crappy team, like yo know, man, the Pistons,
0: yeah, or something. Yeah, like we get that.
1: when we get the Sacramento King and the Pistons in Game Two. Hey, hey John, it's it starts at ten thirty at night. <laughs> You're like, you like know, yo man? People are not gonna be waiting up to watch us a, a, after the game. So, it, so hopefully we get good games. But thanks for the kind words. Yeah, well, I mean that's why the videos come out of you guys falling asleep.
0: We totally get it.
1: <laughs> yes. Hey, listen. I, I, as much as I love basketball, I'm not going to watch bad basketball. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to watch bad basketball. I'm not even going to tell that lie. That's like when when we do who he play for, they're like, well, this guy played for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm like, man, I'm not watching the Timberwolves play basketball. Exactly. I say, I say uh, or we watching the, um, I said, yo man, why don't y'all ever show me players who play on good teams? I'm always watch the good teams. I'm not, I'm not, seriously, I repeat, like, and I think the problem is I get so frustrated because I know how basketball should be played. And when, like, yo yeah, man, what the hell are they doing out there? <laughs> what the hell are they doing out there? Yeah. I, I can't watch it like a normal person because fans just going to cheer for their team and their favorite player. I'm like, nah, man. They're doing this stuff all wrong. I know how to be great at basketball. I don't have any idea what they're doing out there. <laughs> that drives me crazy. All right. So,
0: so who he played for? I know you're home during this uh, in Philly during the summer. You watch a lot of Philly sports. You're up on it. So I'm gonna do a little Philly edition of who he played for. As, oh. as and, and I'll tell you, you guys do a great job with this. It's one of my favorite segments. So I'm gonna start with uh, Ranger Suarez. Who he played for?
1: Philadelphia. Is my screen he, frozen? He, he, no, he played for the Phillies. There you go. He, I, was wa- so I was watching the Phillies. It's so funny you say that because I was watching the Phillies like last week or two, and I says, is that dude named really Ranger? And I said, so I, I actually know that one. That's awesome. Is, is it tougher to
0: watch a four hour Phillies game with all the relievers or a uh, or, uh, Minnesota or
1: uh, let's say Sacramento Detroit Pistons game? You know, going back to my uh, Phillies days, I, I root for the Phillies. So I watch, you know, when they were going back and forth making their run the last month. And let me tell you something, I was so excited. I was calling all my friends when we had to show down with the Braves. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, if we win the first game, I'm coming down and wearing my Phillies jersey in the stands. Oh, and man, like, they suckered you in. They suckered me in, <laughs> and then we got swept. And then I said, I'm glad I didn't fly down, because they, they had to celebrate after they swept the Phillies. But, True. hey, you know what? The Phillies got to figure out their pitching situation yeah,
0: they going
1: do. forward. They got to figure out their, their pitching situation going forward because, man, you got to have some horses I mean, you got to have some horses out there. My, you know, my favorite baseball player is probably Mike Trout, but my favorite pitch is Mad Max Scherzer. To watch him come in last night, you got to have a bulldog, man. You know, you got to have a bulldog to be successful. Yeah, he's got some crazy in him, which I like. Um, I, I love it.
0: Who he played for, Marcus Epps.
1: Is my screen frozen again? Did we lose connection? Dude, no, I can see you. I'm, I, wait, can I think? Can I think? <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a total guess. Yeah. I'm going to go. He played for the Union.
0: He was on the game last night. National oh,
1: the, TV. The Flyers? No, Eagles safety. Oh, okay. Uh... I didn't see him last night. Hey, but the Eagles covered. I had the Eagles plus six and a half. The Eagles covered last night. That's I a had back a four. That's a backdoor cover. You know, I I, I was worried because the line had been seven like all week.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, man, I think the Eagles gonna keep it close. That's a quick turnaround on a, uh, you know for a team like when you're the road team on Thursday night. That's a lot. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, thanks for my Eagles for covering by half a point last night. All right, let
0: me ask you this, just between us, what are you laying on that game? How much? Uh, a good little bit. Good little bit. Now a, a good little, little bit. bit for you. A good little bit for you is a good, uh, different uh, than a good little bit for me. So
1: right, a good hey, a good little bit for me, John.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I'm glad
1: you won. Yeah, thanks. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> me um, too.
0: All right, here go. Uh, who he play for? Joel (sighs) Farabee.
1: This is another guess. Flyers. Wow. Got it. You're two for three. Okay. Uh, That's a good one. Have they they started the season yet?
0: They start tonight. Okay. Who they play? Oh, see, now you're reversing it. Who they play?
1: Yeah, who (laughs) they play? They play the Canucks. Oh, it's a game in Vancouver or in Philly? In Philly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: If you want to lay a little uh, coin on that, take the Flyers, one and a half pucks. All right, here we go. Who he play for? Steve Nelson. Eagles. There you go. Three for four. All right. Who he play for? Isaiah
1: Joe. Oh, I should know this one. Um, God darn it! I know this one, but I'm got a bad feeling about this one. (laughs) All right, we're placing wagers on whether you get this one or not. You know, it's so funny. I saw that name. I'm gonna say the Flyers. I mean, not the Flyers. I'm gonna say the Eagles. It's the team. You played for the Sixers. The Sixers. Well, I haven't seen the Sixers just preseason. uh, John, let me tell you something. Two (laughs) things you will never see me do: a preseason football game and a preseason basketball game. If they gave me free tickets, free beer, and you know I like to drink, I would not waste my time on a preseason game. Never. How
0: about about like you said, these players? What they make forty million dollars? You'd watch it.
1: Hey, listen. They listen, I don't hate on these young guys. Whatever they make, they make, but I'm never watching a preseason sport ever. <laughs> ever. I love it. All right. Couple more. Uh who he played
0: for? Travis Jankowski.
1: That's a hockey name.
0: Huh? Huh. Uh.
1: Well, that that what didn't sound like a good good call, that my, Chuck. That was my Larry David curb your enthusiasm impression. Uh, one one of the greatest shows of all time, I might add. Um, <laughs> that's a hockey name. I'm gonna go with it. He played for the Eagles. Phillies. Ugh.
0: All right, one more. Here we
1: go. One more. Here we go. Who he Look. played for? Paul Reed. Paul Reed. Oh, that's a hockey guy. Uh, <laughs> Who he played for? 76ers. I told you, I didn't want to see that. No, man. He was on the team last year. He I didn't play a up. lot.
0: Well, no, he was he was getting in garbage time.
1: Okay, well, I'm not sticking around for that. No, I didn't know. I haven't seen him. You know, he I... I uh, see. So listen, I'll tell you what. The Sixers, man, the, the Thibodeau kid... The yeah. Maxi Kid, I like them. Yeah, uh, you know, I, this is gonna be—it's gonna be a turning point for Joel Embiid too, because he's got to say, "Guys, screw this dude over here, whether he's here or not." And I—and you can pass this on. I said, "Hey." Screw this dude over here. This is my team. If he's here, he's here. If he's... uh, We want him here, but if he's not going to be here and be all in, we got to... This is my team, and I'm going to lead us. I'm going to be the best player in the NBA. Y'all got to follow me. I think this is a really big turning point for Joel Embiid. He can't spend the whole season like, yo, man, I'm not going to be answering Ben Simmons' questions all season. I'm the best player here. I think I can be the best player in the NBA. We going to win, period. I would love to see Joel Embiid say that. I really would. Because whether Ben is there or not, Joel is the best player. He's the most dominant player in the NBA. I would love to see him say, yo, man, I'm not dealing with this BS all year. He says, I say, Ben, I'd have a team meeting with the coaches Daryl Maury and Elton Brandon, I would say, guys, I need to get this off my chest. Ben, we want you here. But if you don't want to be here, that's fine. But I'm the best player here. This is my team. Guys, y'all get on my back and we going to kick some ass. And, and that's, that. that's it. I would love to see Joel Embiid say that.
0: I love it. I, I think, I think the players would follow him. I think you're exactly right about that. Uh, this is going to be fascinating, and we're going to see a lot of it on TNT, Charles, and can't wait to see you
1: and Shaq go at it. I got a lot of love for you, man. You do a fantastic job. I'm glad to be on your podcast. Hey, uh, you keep doing your thing, brother. And like I say, this thing going to be fascinating to watch because nobody knows the answers. Like, they always, always tell me, sports are like the best reality TV show. And this thing is going to be crazy to watch because nobody knows what's going to happen. Yeah, TNT want to get
0: that first game when Ben is playing in the Wells Fargo Center, if he does. TNT better, like, you know, what do they call that? The flex scheduling? They better get that game.
1: Hey, man, you can be sure we're going to have the sicker zone quite a bit because we want to see that reality show. Thanks for having me, my brother. Charles, thank you so much, man. Can't wait to see you on the golf course, too. Got to see that new game. I'm playing great, brother. I'm not going to lie. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Be safe. Have a great weekend. You know how to book
0: flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator